talk. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of You Talk Too Much. This is your host Neo and this episode is in celebration of Māori Language Week. So um, Māori language is called Te Reo and Māori are the indigenous people of New Zealand, which is where I come from. Um, so this week is in celebration of the language. Basically, during this week, New Zealand promotes it and, and um, encourages people to learn it and to learn about Māori people and culture. So I thought I'd start off with my own personal journey in Te Reo. I'm not fluent, but I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, luckily I was born, born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s and that was kind of like a socio-political time in New Zealand where um, Māori culture was being um, revived and embraced. Um, it had no been known to by some people to be a dying language which is quite common with indigenous people around the world and during that time when I was growing up, the education system at least was really trying to make up for the wrongs of the past and I started learning te reo in primary school. So I grew up in a place called Panama Road, yeah yeah, Panama, shout out to all my Panamanians out there and yeah, that, it was just a great primary school that I went to where our teachers, no matter what ethnic background, were using te reo and I learnt uh, Māori songs growing up and it was very normal for us to do Māori performance which is called kapahaka um, at my primary school. I thought it was normal until like, I grew up and got to travel around New Zealand and realised that I had an awesome primary school. It wasn't like that for everyone. And I think how you grow up is influences your world view and what you are comfortable with. So I think my primary school did a really good job in terms of Māori culture and language and, and getting us all to embrace it and see it in a positive view. Um, I also had my favourite teacher at Intermediate, uh, happened to be a Māori man, Mr Kappa, still remember you, thank you so much, um, and as someone who didn't have a lot of teachers who I could identify with, having like a brown man who, who taught us Māori language as well, he used to um, take us for te reo, uh, it just grew that love that I have for not only to build more confidence in myself um, as you know a minority group part of a minority group but he 
help me feel a positive have a positive feeling towards things that are Maori um, yeah I think for a lot of people who didn't grow up in a multicultural environment such as myself I can understand how they have this antagonistic feeling towards um, Maori or to just different cultures and you know it is a remnant of our colonialist colonialist past um, but yeah it's, it's human I mean I understand why a lot of you know we call um, European people Pakeha here in New Zealand it's a Maori word um, why they would kind of feel negative towards learning any kind of foreign cultural language um, which includes Maori but I think it's, a, it's you just have to think of it as what is fair and the fact is this is a Maori country like New Zealand is a Maori country uh, you know even though people here are European Kiwi or European or Pakeha they see themselves as being originally from New Zealand um, the fact is is that Maori were the first people here and even though we have this idea of New Zealand's identity being bicultural which originally meant it's a Maori Pakeha country but it, that kind of definition has been um, extended to mean Maori and anyone who wasn't Maori um, making up the identity of New Zealand or what it means to be a New Zealander um, yeah it, we still have to as New Zealanders understand that factually New Zealand is the only homeland that Maori have you know um, even though Pakeha believe that they have no real connection to Europe they factually do like their ancestors came from somewhere around there whereas Maori don't have that luxury um, and that's personally what I feel as a Tongan that we all need to do the job of embracing Maori because I can always go back to Tonga and see my culture and language embraced there but in Samoans they can do the same in um, every other kind of ethnic group here in New Zealand but Maori don't have that chance they only have New Zealand so I believe it's everyone's job but again I believe I had a privileged upbringing um, you know where I, my educators my teachers were doing the hard work and and they were successful I think everyone that grew up in my area growing up we we embrace Maori culture and Maori language but yeah so I think it, it tells me that it shows me the power of education especially in the young I think it's really hard that saying says to teach an old dog new tricks so when I see especially um, the older generation not just Pakeha but even Tongans like my Tongan elders them have a hard time trying to accept the value of Maori language or culture they come you know it's because they come from a time where um, white was right and you know back in those times where no one questioned the idea or, or people only saw value in European um, westernized things 
but now we're in a we're basically the world is like what we call a global village you know the internet um technology basically we see ourselves more as part of this a world rather than individual places and definitely learning about and embracing and feeling comfortable with other cultures is something that we need to see as a positive rather than see it as something that's threatening so yeah I totally understand why other people question why we should care (laughs) but for me it wasn't there's no question about it because my educators my teachers the world I was growing up in did such a good job at it of me um being able to see it in a factual way and and, in an empathetic way um so yeah that's personally why I feel that I've I have this kind of attitude when it comes to Māori language and cultures because of the way I was brought up. And a couple of years ago, I did a stage one um, te reo course. I did did two. I did one online and I did one at AUT where women once a week. And that was awesome. I've always dreamed of being able to speak Māori fluently. I still have a dream of teaching at like a Māori immersion school. And people may question why when I can't even speak fluent Tongan. But I can understand Tongan fluently. And I can basically, if I lived in Tonga again, I'd be able to speak all right. Not great, but all right. And so, yeah, if you, I mean, the, I think that's the problem with the world is that people kind of try and control who you are. And they try and make you make sense to them. And I just don't care. Like, I really don't care that people think it's weird that I want to learn from Māori because I'm not Māori um, I really don't care I I love I'm a culture freak at the end of the day so this just fits into part of who I am so yeah that's been my personal journey uh, yeah so the history of Māori language te reo in this country has been quite sad um, originally when it's sad that we always start talking about history in terms of when white people came into the picture. Now, if, I mean, I'm sorry I'm using all these labels, but I'm trying to do my best here. Uh, yeah, so if you look at uh, Māori language and culture, it, when, if, when, when Pākehā, when white people first came over, it was basically like whalers and sailors. And they are basically like really the rough, like, people from Europe came here with no morals and they were just you know violent crazy people and so uh, when New Zealand was discovered and it was made possible to travel over here from Europe the whalers and sailors the first people and then the missionaries so when the missionaries first came to New Zealand they you know they people label missionaries as like tools for colonization but that's a very very one two-dimensional view of humanity they this, i think in the heart of of a lot of the missionaries they just were thinking they they were traveling here to bring god you know the light of god to maori and 
So when they first got over here, the missionaries, they set up missionary schools and they didn't want Māori to be basically corrupted by Pākehā, by white sailors, uh, sealers and whalers. So when I say sealers and whalers, they basically were the type of people who hunted seals and whales for meat and for other types of resources to sell off back at, um, in Europe. So, yeah, so missionaries set up schools to teach Māori the Bible and it was only in Te Reo. So missionaries did not teach Māori at first in English. And they were thriving, these kind of schools, because the missionaries just educated other Māori to teach and to be in charge of those schools. So they were thriving. And then, yeah, so that was in the 1800s. And then it became popular to, then more, then as more um, people came over to, to settle in New Zealand from Europe and more technology was brought over to New Zealand. Uh, you know, the the attitudes of the dominant, then, then Europe had kind of a more dominant influence here in New Zealand. And it, even Māori were starting to think themselves if they want to flourish in New Zealand because of all the, the industries that were being set up in New Zealand, they were meant to become Pākehā, more Pākehā. So that's when there was a decline of culture, started the breakdown of family and the loss of language, which is quite similar to what's happened to other indigenous communities around the world. And then, so that was happening up, and then that was so bad that by the 1980s, only less than 20% Māori knew how to speak te reo, the indigenous language, which is really, really sad. Uh, I had one of the educators from university came and did a personal development at my school a couple of years and she's Pākehā and even she said that when she was younger there was an idea that Māori were a dying race which is like just the worst thing ever to hear um, and that the language itself was dying so but then she said, like, it was such an amazing thing that happened where there was a revival of the language and the culture. And that happened as, as a result of the 1987 Māori Language Act. So, that, so I benefited from that act because then New Zealand started New Zealand on a path to to looking at the past and, and, and recognising the wrong that was done and trying, the, you know, New Zealand trying to do its best to try and right those wrongs. And, yeah, so that's so that journey kind of led to where we are today where we are using Māori language in our New Zealand curriculum where people, are seeing it in our TV programs where our politicians are comfortable um, learning the language and using it in the public sphere. Uh, we also have 
Maori ideas and language and our laws. So yeah, I think it's been quite good. Of course, we can always do better, but it's definitely a positive thing and something that I'm proud that we're doing here in New Zealand. Like I said, Indigenous people don't have anywhere else to go and have their languages and their culture embraced other than the countries that were colonised, where they're actually from. And yeah, when I encounter people who... I don't mind, pe- people should choose whether they want to take embrace a language or a culture. Like some people are just, culture just isn't their thing. And I don't... And some people try and demonize them, but really it's about freedom of choice. I don't, personally, I don't really feel like I need to chastise anyone who doesn't want to speak Māori. I will put them in their place if they say negative stuff about Māori language or culture, but I don't care if they don't care. (laughs) Some people find, think they need to go around and police people um you know about whether they making sure that they're they're loving everything that's happening and I don't care I really think that it's up to individual people but I do try and point out that it's not necessarily sometimes in this day and age we we you know in this I age of identity politics um we police the dominant you know the oppressors which is in this case uh, Pakia, which is white people and you're trying to say oh they we need to make them feel bad or we need to identify them as the bad guys if they don't want to say Māori words or um, take part in Māori cultural stuff but I think that's the wrong approach how I try and explain to people is that basically the dominant culture historically in New Zealand ever since colonization has been Pākehā culture has been white culture and they're not used to being uncomfortable because the society reflects them you know what's happening in their homes we for the rest of us from minority groups uh you know what's happening in the home is different to what's happening to society and we learn to cope with it we learn to be so-called uncomfortable so i'm very used to it uh but if you're not used to it the feeling and any feeling that's new can be threatening even though it's not necessarily threatening in itself. So when, especially when, it doesn't matter with any culture, but I usually see it with Pākehā, is that they, yeah, they, they, they react to it in a negative way, but they can't step back from themselves to think of, why do I feel this way? Um, yeah, so I... I, I just see it in that way. I don't see it as a good guy against, you know, bad guy kind of thing. I see it as you try and analyze it in a very, ob- as, a, you know, as much of an objective way as you can. So I see it as 
for Pakia, for white people, they're just so used to be being part of the dominant culture. Um, and anything foreign seems like a threat, even though it's not a threat. There's nothing. New, we will always mostly speak English in New Zealand. <laughs> if we end up speaking Māori more, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. But the fact is we're always going to be mostly speaking English. We're mostly going to be operating as we always have before in a Pākehā way, in a westernised way. And I don't see that as a bad thing. Some people feel like it's their life goal to change everything up. But I don't believe in fixing something that isn't broken. And the systems in New Zealand, they're fine. Um... Yes, you can always do better, but yeah, it's. I don't think westernization is evil. It's a good thing, you know. It's a westernized system that allows us to step back and identify what isn't working and gives us the freedom to speak out about it. You know, non westernized countries, you aren't necessarily given that. You are. Non-Westernized countries are not necessarily healthy enough for people to be able to step back and say this isn't right and we should fix it. We have a luxury here and we have the freedom to speak up about it. So yeah, that's how I see it is some people, they are just not used to being uncomfortable and so that's how they react. And if we just look at it in that term in that kind of way rather than these people are evil and they just (laughs) they're acting out of their evil ways it's just not good and it's not a way for us to live together in society so for me in Māori they have this word called taonga which is gift I see Māori culture and language as a gift of New Zealand Um, so I I embrace it and I enjoy learning it and I you know, of course I have the bias because I am from a Polynesian background. So, yeah, it reflects myself enough for me to be able to subconsciously, I think, at least embrace it and enjoy it. But, you know, looking at the future at how we're turning into a globalised village, it's a positive thing for New Zealand to embrace a non-Westernised culture because it's going to be good for our kids because the world is interconnected now and you want people who are able to move between different world views and cultures well you know I'm not saying turn everything upside down I'm just saying people should just be comfortable with something different without seeing it as a necessary necessary necessarily as a threat and yeah that's my take on it so I hope everyone is enjoying Māori Language Week and kakite. Bye. Talk. Talk.